Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm your host, Michelle, the evil robot airplane down to destroy your dreams. And I'm Henry, the one who never, ever, ever takes his dark sunglasses off. (laughs) Oh, shit. That is very true. And I don't know why Mm -hmm. I didn't make a note of that. Hi, Mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. Hello. how, How are things? You guys want to talk oh, about airplanes? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, I I love airplanes. I do you, this thing I think you maybe don't know about me. Uh, I from like age thirteen till like my early thirties, I didn't play video games because I got so obsessed with flight simulators when I was thirteen <laughs> that I like stopped doing social activities. And, like, I had to cut myself up cold turkey like a fucking addict. Oh, my God. Uh, that's awesome. And then just didn't play video games for a really long time because I fucking love airplanes. Ooh. Uh, so you had, like, the little joystick and everything and just, like, zoomed had, in? Yes. My yes, brother absolutely. and dad got really obsessed with flight simulator games when I was in middle school. And uh, I never really dipped my toe in it. Sounds like I was missing out. Uh, the thing about it is, in retrospect, I don't think it was actually that fun. Uh, I, like I wasn't doing any video gamey things. I was just like you were just, flying fake airplanes. You were just doing a job. You were clocking. I was just work. doing yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just flying, not getting a chance to see my family. Like I'd like to uh, go out and play soccer, but I have about 19 more hours to log, and clock is ticking, guys. Right. This British woman CEO keeps trying to seduce me while I'm flying her airplane. <laughs> Uh, let's just bring every episode or every life event back to look who's talking now. It, it touches so many aspects of your life, but we're not talking about look who's talking now we're not. yet. Uh, we're talking about, well, first off, we're talking about Jamie Foxx. We are. It was our Jamie Foxx episode. The Foxman. The Foxman. Uh, fantastic, fantastic Mr. Jamie Foxx. Mr. Jamie. <laughs> uh, so he's, he is a talented actor. I agree. I think. Yeah, I think I'm we have to get fan. that out of the way. He's uh, he's fucking incredible in Ray. He's genuinely extraordinary in Ray. Yep. And uh, which, for those who don't know, is about the uh, musician Ray Charles uh, that Jamie Foxx did in what two thousand four, two thousand three, two thousand five, something like that. Somewhere in that zone. It was before two thousand five because that's, I guess, the year he won the Oscar for it. Right. And then he proceeded to, like, wear dark sunglasses and not take them off for several years, which overlaps with this movie that we watched. <laughs> he totally uh, did that in a lot of movies. Totally That's that. so yeah. funny that I didn't notice. And also, like, recorded himself singing as Ray Charles on multiple tracks. Like, he's the Ray Charles voice in on Kanye. Gold Digger yeah. by the, you know, for, former person Kanye West. Uh, That's a weird wrinkle. That's like a, I mean, it's cool. It's odd. Right. It's... It's sort of like, I, I'm not going to compare Jamie Foxx to, to true monster Kevin Spacey, but I will. Uh, when Kevin Spacey made uh, Beyond the Sea, oh, the yeah. Bobby Darren biopic. he basically transformed himself into Bobby he, Darren in real life for like a full calendar year. He went kind of nuts, right? He had like paintings commissioned of him as Bobby Darren and he like recorded albums as Bobby Darren. So, and like, I think Jamie Foxx had kind of a similar trend. Does biopics just do that to people? Do music biopics like get into your brain? I don't know. Renee Zellweger so far fine, as far as I know. Yes, fair, Uh, fair. God, I hope so, because otherwise, whew, 
That'd be dark. I mean, what? Jo- Joaquin Phoenix did sort of do the I'm not there thing like shortly after he like uh, kind of flipped his shit in a different way but yeah like he very different yeah didn't record himself singing as Johnny Cash but did grow a giant caveman beard and mumble his way through a David Letterman interview oh man boy did he get railed yeah that um that might be a thing I mean it seems like if you're not even going method, that's still a lot of character immersion. Like, maybe it just takes its toll on your baseline personality. And you just kind of become a different guy for a while. Yeah. Or lame. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and so, so Jamie Foxx, yeah, he won the Oscar for Ray. Uh, was he nominated for something? Was he nominated for Collateral? Yeah, the same uh, year. I just checked that. He, so he got okay. two Oscar noms in one year and uh, and took it for the... Wow. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Kind of, he sort of came not out of nowhere but in terms of being a really serious actor he kind of came in out of nowhere and then what else he was in Django Unchained right he's great in that yeah yeah he was like he was a uh, in Living Color guy first right like he right, was right. he was like a stand-up comedian sketch comic and then like made that transition comedy That's, that a lot of yeah. good actors make yeah. yeah, and then, I mean, his, like, his taste is kind of all over the map. He's been in, like, a plenty of shitty things and some really mm-hmm. great movies, and I don't really fault him for it because it seems like he's just a guy that likes to work. But Yeah, um, I feel like he's just having fun. Yeah, it seems fun. His role in this movie, I can't imagine it was, like, terribly fun because he's sort of barely in it. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect him to be in it for quite as... He's, he's only in it for half the movie, right? And I... Yeah. I kind of think he took it just so he could hang out in Thailand for a while. Who wouldn't? Uh, totally, right? Uh, and he and this was like one of the first movies he made after Ray, I think. What happened, I learned later. So okay. what I, is that he made this before Ray, but like mm. it, you know, movies take a long time to make. This right. one, Stealth, which we're going to talk about, was incredibly expensive. I'm sure the post-production took like a long time. Yeah. Uh, so... Ray actually came out and he won the Oscar for it before Stealth got released. So the weird thing is even though he's not the main character in this movie, he gets like third billing, he was featured as the most prominent actor on all of the American posters because right. Oscar. Right. And then anything international, he was more like fe- looked like he would be a more tertiary character. So the international sales were a lot better than the domestic box office because people... And, like, people probably were just really confused. Like, oh, this guy is not... I think the disappointment must have been a little bit, like, more intense for everyone on in the U.S. Because we all probably thought good actor making a fun movie might have good taste and it might reflect on the movie. And he might be in it. Like, weeks, I sort of... I picked this one. (laughs) And it made a mistake because in the trailers, he's featured really, really prominently. Yeah. Like, it seems like he's going to be in the entire movie yeah. and not die a comical death midway through. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, so Stealth is the movie that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, which, how, how would you describe this movie, Michelle? I would describe Stealth as Top Gun, but instead of mm-hmm. Iceman as the rival, it is a... An evil robot airplane with a, it's a computer re- ball with a, it's a revenge ball. fantasy. <laughs> yeah, uh, who's also and and I think 
uh, we'll we'll get into this. Who's also like a, an angsty teenager. Oh, yeah. Extremely an angsty teenager. Like they're playing that hard. And voiced by the guy from Prison Break. Oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So this, this movie stars uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, Jessica Biel, and Josh Lucas, who's, who I think no longer acts uh, no. because Bradley Cooper and Tom Hiddleston just bodied him out of the way because he looks exactly like both of he them. He looks like an amalgamation of both of those dudes, for sure. And, I was trying and to they're both out better, more watchable actors. What else is he from? I wrote it down. I forget. He was in he's the- definitely like a name you've heard of. Like, he's, he's in... ER. Nope, nope, nope. He's uh, his fa- his <laughs> mother's an ER doctor. Oh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> At one point, he was in an ER. I assume. Right. I mean, who hasn't been? To say hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know how they just let people in to say hi to their mom. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're being born. Uh, yeah. What? So, all right. He's he's in Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. He's in a beautiful mind. He's he's in Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't see it, but I'm not a dad. Me neither. So. Why would you see it? I'm not a dad. Uh, he's in, <laughs> right. He's uh, he's in the Lincoln Lawyer. I think that's what okay. I know him from. Okay. Uh, so that's like he's, a real movie. He's got one of those faces. Like, I don't mean. To oh, he's an American Psycho. Oh. He definitely has one of those faces. Yeah. He just sort of has one of those faces that's like a sort of generic white guy face. And I figured he looked familiar. I'd probably seen him in like a dozen things, but yeah, he's he's I not f- a super charismatic lead. Um, I feel like he has like a pink hatchet face that's been sanded down. Like, there's a lot of angular features, but also kind of soft. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, and I think the primary appeal about him now is that he kind of looks like Bradley Cooper and kind of looks like Tom Hiddleston, like a little bit watered down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like when half the your diet drink Pepsi melts. Of... Yeah. <laughs> your drink melts and then it's just uh, half ice. He's like, he's like enough handsome, but eh, not leading man right. handsome. Right. Totally forgettable. Uh, and then, yeah, Jessica Biel uh, plays his love interest, I guess. Uh, yeah. And Sam Shepard plays a psychotic Navy captain. Uh, who, who loves is... to eat apples. Loves to eat apples and loves loves, to say this is the Navy. He has enormous (laughs) bowls filled to the brim with Granny Smith apples in any room he (laughs) in any room he exists in. What's going on? It's like a comically villain thing for him to be doing is constantly just devouring fruit in front of people with like ostentatiously full bowls of fruit behind him in the scene when everything else is just like computer monitors and blinking lights. I love the way whoever wrote this fucking garbage movie decided that the way to have character is to have like a single distinguishing trait about each person. So yeah, Sam Shepard, other than evil, loves apples. Jamie Foxx is obsessed with prime numbers and, and talking about on dad ass. Being horny, um, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Biel like is uh, proud to be the only woman in the flight school and is lusting after Josh Lucas. And Josh Lucas sucks. Yeah. And, like, those are the character traits. I guess it is, like, a, sort of a, a womanizer, kind of. But you never actually, you don't you really don't, see he it. He, like, it's is implied. a self-proclaimed womanizer. And then Jessica Biel's, like, only defining quality is that she happens to be an elite. Well, she's an elite uh, woman in the naval 
uh, a naval pilot, but that's like yeah. not a personality trait. She doesn't really have much of a personality. No, not at all. Except she is able to attract the attention of the entire North Korean army uh, in Act Three. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, so sort of. Let, let's break this down. Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Yeah. Act One. Uh, Jessica Biel, Josh Lucas, and Jamie Fox are like an elite uh, Navy fighter team. Yes. Uh, who like whose commanding officer is uh, Sam Shepard? They're the three talents. Uh, eating apples. They're the three talents. Uh, oh, they're the three talents. I didn't even fucking make the connection. Uh, and then Sam Shepard introduces uh, this, like, new uh, drone, basically. This, like, fancy AI machine learning drone yeah. uh, named Eddie, who uh, they're, we, like... So, can we talk about that? what Eddie stands for? Did you happen to notice what Eddie stands for? I, sh- I sure did. Extreme Deep Invader, which is the horniest name for a machine. <laughs> It also convinces me that this movie was written by two boys on a playground. <laughs> oh, for sure. For Green sure. Green invaders coming to get you. We call him the Tin Man. <laughs> oh, man. There, so I wrote down some of the, like, uh, the military tech babble. Uh, oh. Swarm logic activated. Full stealth egress. We've got three SS-42 scud carcasses. <laughs> Checking his missile inventory. He's got two throat rippers, two shock cameras, and three blue ferrets. What the fuck are you talking about, movie? <laughs> and at a certain point, I forget the other guy's name. The, like, kind of foil to Sam Shepard, who is uh, sort, of the, sort of more the, like, um, what is he? He's, like, a, not a captain, but... He's a, like, he's a, a commander or something. Yeah. He's, like, the, the, the good military the moral good compass one. character. He, uh, yeah. he checks out the drone, and he's like, ooh, look at this bag of chips. Something, something, <laughs> something. And then he says quantum sponge and just throws that <laughs> phrase out there, and we're supposed to just accept it and not think about uh, that for the rest of time? Uh, yeah, all right. What's okay, a quantum so they sponge? T- <laughs> I wish the movie um, had been called the Quantum Sponge. It's there. The way this movie approaches technology is absolutely <laughs> baffling. But let's let's get through the plot. Very like, get back to, to uh, yeah. So so like Eddie goes up and he's like he's he's flying with them. He's really aggressive, uh, and he's like they have one mission where he's like really impressive. And then that's sort of the end of Act One. Yeah. Act Two is Eddie like gets oh at the end of Act One Eddie's flying back when everybody else is done where they've they've done this like sort of hit on a terrorist cell uh, yeah. which is I actually thought pretty cool this like implosion bomb thing uh, and then Eddie gets struck by lightning on the way back to the to the aircraft carrier and his like his machine wiring goes all haywire and like you go inside his like dumb robot computer ball exterior and like he goes nuts and then his robot Act brain is, is like inventing yeah. a language or something and they explain it basically like you would explain abstract art and then it's just on mm-hmm. to the next thing <laughs> yep just fine i don't need to know more about yeah. that i just want to see it explode stuff and they, so act two, like, they, like, they go to take out this other, like, terrorist cell. and well, let's not happens, forget about vacation. Oh, please, please. 
oh, fuck, right, so, like, right, less right. than 30 minutes into the movie, after they've had, like, kind of a, a mission, but it was sort of like um, a pretty covert op to assassinate, like, three world terrorists, they send them immediately on vacation to Thailand, where they just lounge around for, like, a while. Right, and, like... <laughs> uh, Knock off Bradley Cooper and Jessica Biel, like, sort of start to start to fall in love. Uh, Jamie Foxx goes extreme pickup artist on this poor Thai woman who doesn't understand what he's saying, but still follows him around for some reason. And then they're out going to Tajikistan Mm -hmm. and uh, to, like, take out this terrorist cell. It's really close to a bunch of civilians. Eddie goes haywire and, like, tries to, like, I guess bombs them and, like, creates all this nuclear fallout dust. Uh, and then, like, the the human pilots go and try to chase him down. Uh, they can't. Jamie Foxx dies in a, just an absolutely comical way. Really funny uh, way. Jessica Biel has to, like, bail out over North Korea. And and then, like, Eddie, the, the, the drone, goes and tries to, like, bomb Russia. And Josh Lucas and Eddie get into a dogfight this, like, huge international incident with yeah. Russian fighter pilots and then kill a bunch of Russians randomly. Yes. And we're supposed to feel good about it. And then they save each other and create this, like, super bond of friendship between the murder drone and knockoff Josh Lucas. They land in Alaska. Sam Shepard has a bunch of, like, I can't tell if military or... Assassins? Like, some other dudes. Like, Plain a dozen guys. dudes... Yeah. Try to kill, uh, knock off Bradley Cooper, Josh Lucas, yep. and and eventually Josh Lucas like tells the commanding officer that Sam Shepard is bad. Sam Shepard kills himself, and then Josh Lucas and the and the drone they go best and friends. they become best friends and they go and save Jessica Biel from the entire North Korean <laughs> yeah. army who's been chasing her across North Korea at the DMZ yeah. and. <laughs> Uh, and then Eddie sacrifices himself. The the drone sacrifices himself, and you're supposed to feel bad for him, I guess. Because he learns uh, feelings. He becomes sentient in, like, right. the last ten minutes of the movie. And then Jessica Biel and uh, Josh Lucas fall in love, and that's the movie. Yeah, there's a secret part of the movie, if you're like me and you're a psycho and you stay till after the credits. Where, Are you kidding? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> if you stay till after, there's, like, this shot... Um, like a aerial shot soaring over all of the wreckage of everything that's just happened in uh, North Korea and then zeroing in on Eddie and the little like brain that is contained within the drone that's still intact suddenly turns on like a red light turns on because they thought they might make stealth too oh my god they were crossing their fingers that things would have gone a little bit better how do you not know when you're making this movie that nobody's going to like it, except me, kind of? I mean, uh, I had a great time, but the thing about it is that it was the dumbest writing and the dumbest story <laughs> really that I've, like, almost ever encountered. And, like, the, to the point where it was, like, a cartoon, I kind of felt like it was real, like, live-action Team America. Yes, it was absolutely live-action Team America. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, um so many things. Yeah. Do you, so. What are what are highlights? Um. Okay. Eddie starts out speaking a lot, just like a generic robot. He's got kind of like a, a HAL, HAL nine thousand, a HAL sort of thing, right? thing. Um. 
And then over time, he becomes a little more like I think you were saying, like a whiny teen, like a rebellious whiny teen. And his voice starts to kind of be a little more like jocular and like flexing. And uh, there's this moment towards like kind of towards the beginning when. Um, all right. So the Top Gun analogy, basically, Josh Lucas is like Maverick mm-hmm. and he's. Plays by his own rules. He plays by his own rules. He's very anti-drone. He thinks it's irresponsible to have them and unsafe in the sky. So when they're doing this covert mission where they're supposed to be assassinating these three, like, terrorists that happen to be in, like, a Rangoon high-rise whatever. I don't know. They're in this this big, tall building. Um, Yeah. They say something like the chances of being able to execute this like shot by going into like terminal velocity uh, terminal velocity the like chances of him passing out are going to be like 75 percent which is crazy high and irresponsible yes. for like a military yes. person to be just waving caution to the wind but he's mad in the middle of a gigantic city yeah exactly there's like civilians everywhere and uh he decides like fuck you drone i got this mission even though they're all like let the robot do it and he does kind of pass out for a second and regain consciousness, and it was super dangerous, and he doesn't tell anyone about it, and the only one that knows about it is the drone, and the drone, like, sees it happen, and is like, hey, hey mm-hmm. you broke the rules. So then later, the drone starts going kind of AWOL and doing its thing. Sorry, I'm going to call him by his, his name, Eddie. Eddie starts going AWOL, <laughs> and then they're just talking to each other in the sky. Like, Josh Lucas is just, why are you doing this? What's your problem? He's like, you don't get it, do you, Lieutenant? Eddie is the whole idea. <laughs> and then he basically says, I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you? <laughs> He's like, I've been studying you being a little shithead in the sky, and guess what? It's my turn now. Like, he, someone programmed you. You are a computer. This is still a movie, right? Almost everything about, like, it's not a good movie, and, and Eddie is bad, and the movie is bad, but almost yeah. everything that Eddie does, I fucking love. So funny. Like, when Josh Lucas gives Eddie an order, and he turns on Incubus on full blast, <laughs> and just, like, goes and does it anyway, it's, like, the most fucking Brad Renfro, rebellious teenager bullshit. I love it. I love it. I want it. Stick in my veins. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, weird thing. Like, there's a lot of Incubus in this movie. I noticed that the end credits had Incubus. Like, they were commissioned to write several original songs for this movie. (laughs) No fucking way. And I'm going to blow your mind. I can do you one better. David Bowie. Lip. Legend. Beautiful, uh, like, snowflake of a person. Right. Um wrote and sang a song for this movie that was produced by the and mixed by like the shitty guy who did all the score or whatever who just goes by bt and and the song is really bad too it's so bad and i tried to listen to all of it because i was like oh bowie i feel like i owe it to you to just listen to this one bud so sad oh no oh no this movie had a crazy budget like they were just throwing money at absolutely everyone um, that part's not as much a highlight. I do. <laughs> Jamie Foxx never taking off his sunglasses is a highlight. Now that you mentioned that, that was super funny. 
there's a lot of like of Jamie Foxx absurdity that I was hoping to continue to track, like to keep writing down as the movie went on, con- assuming he was going to be a real character. Like he says, I'm on that ass twice in this movie in two different, really different instances. Yeah. Once when Jessica Biel is like, you can follow me onto the plane. And he says, I'm on that ass. Yep. Like you talk to your coworker. <laughs> you know. And then two, right before he dies, he says, I'm on that ass about chasing Eddie. Uh, oh, and then how does he die? How does he die? He, he dies by crashing into the side of a mountain like a Coke can being compressed by a wrestler. Like it is <laughs> this, this like slow motion compression of the plane into the side of a fucking mountain. Uh, he is an I, elite pilot. One of three elite naval pilots, the only three that were deemed yes. competent enough to pull off flying with this uh, incredibly high-tech billion-dollar drone, and he just crashes into the side of an extremely broad mountain, <laughs> like the widest mountain at a fairly, like, I mean, I guess he's going pretty fast, but I don't really understand yeah. how any of that happened. No, none of it makes any sense. Uh, the... There's a lot of Jimmy Fox moments. There's the scene. So when they first introduce Eddie and they give them all this like manual to read. And I think maybe Josh Lucas doesn't read it. And Jessica Biel very studiously is reading it probably in her underwear and some shit. Cause that's what this movie is. Oh, yeah. And Jamie Fox is in the room standing, standing up with it in one hand, spinning a basketball in the other, still wearing dark sunglasses. <laughs> and he's like gesturing to people saying, no pictures, please. But there's nobody in the room. He's just in his fucking aircraft he's carrier posing, dorm. He's staring at the wall. He's doing a really good job spinning that basketball on his finger, though. And I was like, if they didn't use graphics for that, fucking props, because he does it for quite a also, long time. Why would you take a basketball on an aircraft carrier? Know. I There's don't know. nothing to do with it, it made, there. It made everything so much better that he did. <laughs> um, oh, so he and uh, he and Josh Lucas really like to hit on the ladies. And um, mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the movie, they're at a bar and they're both hitting on a couple women. Uh, Jessica Biel does not approve. She thinks these women are vapid. And one of them, before they get up to go to the restroom, they just say, "I gotta go pee pee." <laughs> And, and then it, there's a callback to it later. And there's a callback later. And it happens so, so quickly. It's like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, it really set the tone. The, there's, the first couple minutes of this movie are the worst parts of the movie, right? Like, yeah. there's the, the... I put this down as a favorite, but it's not good. Where the title card flies in like an airplane. Oh, yeah. Uh, so much of that. <laughs> there's... There's a moment when they're doing, so they're doing some war games or some shit in the middle of the desert, and at one point Jessica Biel says activating tactical music, which I don't, I don't know what oh that means, God, but, so it's, but it's doo-doo nonsense. <laughs> uh, the, uh, there's, this is the moment where in, like two times in two minutes, Sam, <laughs> Sam Shepard says this is the Navy uh, for one reason or another. And, and then when he introduces Eddie to the team, uh, Jimmy Fox goes on this, endless list of threes of like three is lucky because three is a prime number and there's three little pigs and three three musketeers menage a trois like why why do we need to do this in a mood why don't you do this on screen he says it really fast it's kind of like i mean he's working with what he's got it's still fun to watch jamie fox and i just feel bad for him though because he's such a he has such good comedic timing, and he's given absolutely nothing to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What else? Oh, okay, the apple eating. The apple eating, one of my favorite parts of this movie, so much apple eating. Also, the concept of distance and time is bananas. Because, <laughs> like, no. I am the first to admit, my sense of geography is, is like, a real, real average, real, just probably a big fat C. But I had to Google, like, all right, where's Tajikistan? in relation to Siberia and Russia, in relation to North Korea, because if I had to take a stab in the dark based on this movie, they are like um, driving from LA to San Diego. Everything happens in minutes, and suddenly someone's in Tajikistan, someone's in Siberia, now they're in Alaska. Oh, she just washed up in North Korea. Those things are so far apart. They're so far apart. Oh my God, it would be like... Hours and hours and hours and hours. It's just like they they were sitting in a room and like, all right, what are bad countries? Yeah, okay, exactly. Bad country, ba- bad country, bad country. Uh, it's, yeah, the, the one thing I love about the geography of this movie uh, is that they make it really easy for you in the presentation uh, because there's giant highlighter outlines of every country on the map from space yeah. and the country's name written on it and like not even just the country you're going to it's like they'll just show a map of like Eurasia and with these giant fucking white highlighter outlines and Tajikistan, Russia, like you're North Korea a, South Korea. Like you're watching a documentary about, about like war strategy and so you need to get yeah. rid- Bound context of like nation's boundaries. That was really funny. That was some okay. The CGI in this movie goes has such a broad range. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. some very good CGI where there's some scenes with like the fighter planes and whatever. That if it was the only CGI in the movie, it would kind of just blend a little bit. And then there's the worst, mm-hmm. funniest, best CGI ever, which is like that. Or these weird swooping shots where suddenly you're the point of view of the missile and you're sailing through the air. And it's just it's like, it's like being in a video game. It is nauseating. So while we're on graphics, I don't know what the people that made this movie think computers are. But every time you get a computer on screen, sometimes a heads-up display, sometimes a computer itself, it's like this fucking crazy calligraphy background and like yeah. rotating images, like you're watching a slideshow move in fast motion <laughs> on a computer, but also like in MS-DOS. Like it's, it is the weirdest, like it was made by somebody who had a computer described to them and it was asked to draw in felt-tipped marker. Like it makes no fucking sense the way they present computers in this movie. It's abstract art. It's like... It's all abstract okay, art. Okay, you know how in, like, movies or shows, when somebody is thinking very hard about calculations, and there's sort of this effect where it's overlaid images of functions and calculus just kind of, like, floating around in the sky above their head, and, like, things are uh, disappearing and reappearing to show that that person mm-hmm. is thinking very quickly... It's like, like that scene in The Hangover. Yes, that is what they think that writing code is in, in this mm-hmm. movie, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the, so here's the other thing where I realize I'm also still kind of a teenage boy. Almost all of the explosion in this movie super worked for me. Oh, they were so the, fun? Yeah. They were so I fun. I kept the tally when, going. 
It's so good. When they, like, when they bomb the three, like, Osama bin Laden characters, and, like, it creates a giant hole in the middle of the tower, and then an implosion comes out from it. Fucking awesome. When Eddie lights the, like, ring of gas on fire around the fuel blimp. Fucking awesome. When, when, for some, like, inexplicable reason, the hangar in Alaska explodes without hurting the plane, but blows, like, (laughs) 30 guys and 25 (laughs) trucks backwards in acrobatic slow motion. Fucking awesome. None of it makes sense. It's all nonsense, but it's amazing. It is. I kept kept checking myself, because I would, like, see all the garbage CGI and be like, God, this is such a CGI frenzy. It looks so terrible. All of it doesn't look terrible. And then there'd be a giant explosion. And I was like, is this, is, am I wrong or is this cool? I think it's cool. <laughs> super cool. It's super cool. There's no question. It's very realistic looking. And there's just so many of them. So right at the top of the movie, I made the decision to start counting explosions. So explosion count. I, I, it's hard sometimes to know when there's one big explosion with many smaller ones contained within it. So conservatively, there were like 35 explosions, but I think realistically, there are probably more like 50. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of mini explosions. Yeah. So like, if you count like every exploding uh, missile, I mean, that's, that's like 40 explosions right there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I counted, no, I think I counted most of the missiles. It's hard to say, though, because I did keep looking down to look up fun stuff about this movie, and I think I missed some <laughs> explosions. <laughs> that seems right. I mean, it's an explosion every minute or two. Oh. Uh, this movie also was, it was just made during the time where, like, any time you had a movie take place overseas, you're required to have brown guys with AK-47s shooting them into the air and mm-hmm. screaming. Like, it's, yeah. that was just... In every movie, and it is on full display here, uh, the so can we talk about the number of like World War Three triggering international incidents that Josh Lucas and Eddie cause in this movie that never have any consequences? I but like cannot imagine. A world in which you can just wave protocol as often as you want when all you're a naval lieutenant and yep. you answer to the United States government and people are monitoring your every waking move because the stakes are incredibly high and you're crossing into no fly zones and dropping bombs willy nilly. How is this guy still have a job at the end of this movie? I know. He should be I, in I think- prison. It's well. A lot of it's pinned on the the robot and on Sam Shepard. There's a thing. So, the number of conspiracies that Sam Shepard is able to execute. So, like, yeah. he, this like one random captain who knows a guy in Washington who you never know who he is, but he's like just a guy in Washington. Some Pentagon guy. Something, Some Pentagon something. guy. He's so Eddie's like going to bomb this place in Siberia, and somehow. They tell the Russian government not only that that's happening, and please shoot down that plane, but also just shoot down the other plane with him. And then, and then the Russian. At some point, you'd think that somebody in Russia would be like, "I'm sorry, what did you just sorry. say?" Sorry, it's like two. Are you telling? It was supposed to be set, I think, in like 2015. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's the the level of like. You're just you're just telling us to shoot down your 
pilot. And then they go and, like, kill four Russians in Russian airspace. Yeah. And that's not... You can't do it, that. You can't do you can't that. Do that's, that. That's how World War Three starts. Oh, my God. Let's talk about why they're in Russia. Because I have questions. But mm-hmm. first of all, I want to get into how... Eddie the drone learns things. Eddie, it, it appears, is able to just ingest all of the internet. and All information. Yeah. At one point, uh, I forget who asked, I think Josh Lucas asked, like, like, what is he learning? Like, And then the, I think it's the guy who's programmed him, whose name is Keith Orbit, by the way. Let's Keith never Orbit. Forget yep. that. Which they also bring up in the movie how absurd that is, but they still put it in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like his name is Keith Orbit? Yeah, he changed his name to Keith Orbit. You didn't have to put that in the movie. You could have a different name. Uh, And so then he says, he, uh, Eddie's downloading all the songs. All the songs from what? All the, or like downloading songs from the internet. How many? All of them. Okay, okay. All of them, but he is only going to listen to Incubus. But he only has these very specific tastes. (laughs) Then... Eddie goes on a mission that no one asked him to go on. Not the Navy, not the three people who are his, uh, what, his co- Wingmen? Yeah, wing, his yeah. wingmen, thanks, yeah. Um, he goes on this random mission to explode Siberia, and they mm-hmm. figure out, after they, like, get into the, get at the mainframe, that he has picked up on some strategy scenario invented by someone they don't know who called caviar sweep caviar sweep (laughs) (laughs) which already is my favorite thing but they don't explain is it like a military strategy devised in the pentagon did he access it via the internet if i'm reading this right eddie's basically like the military's crazy uncle who deep dives on some like weird internet rabbit hole mm-hmm. and then it's all he wants to talk about at thanksgiving and he's like no we're gonna yeah. blow up siberia we're doing it it's it's what we're talking about it's what everyone's talking about like, that right. was he's like, QAnon as a fighter jet that's like a geocities page from like 1997 <laughs> chill out my dude <laughs> so so they do this over russia yeah and, like, clearly trigger World War III. But, and that's not the craziest thing they do. The craziest thing they do is as Jessica Biel... So she's shot she's shot down over Tajikistan and ends up over North Korea. Yeah, uh, no problem there. And, and she's, like, running through North Korea, being chased by more and more of the North Korean army until it's the entire North Korean army. And she's made it to the DMZ, also in the matter of hours. Oh uh, and I don't... Tell me if you noticed this. Uh, she's about to be, like, eaten by a dog, and uh, Josh Lucas and Eddie in the same plane roll in and blow up the entire DMZ. Yes. Uh, which, let's be clear, that'll start World War Three. Yeah. And then they say, oh, my God, she's still there. So they roll in <laughs> before they've noticed that she's there and blow up all of the North Korean military. On the off chance that their very likely dead wing woman is off somewhere in a jungle, like, probably 300 miles north. Oh, my God. (laughs) So nuts. Also, the amount of running they do through an area that is littered with landmines. 
Like, the whole <laughs> yeah. DMZ, like, t- try to take a step in any direction. Like, it's famously littered with landmines. And they're just running to and fro. They are diving. They are crawling. It's amazing. What? So, what were your feelings about the Jessica Biel torture porn of her, like, plane being shot down and her ejecting? Um, my first thought was... It seems like if you were going that fast, careening towards the earth, and your plane kind of like explodes, that probably everything would shoot out really, really far away from you, and Mm -hmm. you would probably not take a bunch of shrapnel on, because you were ejected from your plane at an incredibly high speed, but I, she just takes on all the shrapnel and her chute catches fire. That whole thing had some physics problems, and then they just wanted, you just want to watch her get roughed up and bloody and, like, squirm around in the mud, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. There's there's the moment where, like, it was one of the only moments of actual dramatic tension in the movie for me that didn't come out of nowhere because Jamie Foxx had just died. So you're like, okay, this movie will kill a main character. And then, like, she's bailing out of North Korea. Her plane explodes. And then she gets hit by a piece of the plane. <laughs> She's That's in her what I'm fucking saying. like How did it ejection thing. Chinese the plane smacks into her. And then she has to eject like twenty feet in front of the ground. And then her parachute catches fire. And then she falls into a bunch of trees. <laughs> I, and then she gets shot by this like North Korean super soldier who also follows her on foot to the DMZ and does die in a very Team America fashion. Oh my god. Uh, because Josh Lucas shoots him. So Josh Lucas shoots the North Korean soldier who's, I don't know if it's a landmine, that didn't even occur to me, it's a landmine, but then like, his feet explode and he flies backwards oh, yeah. and then gets caught in a bunch of barbed wire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like falls into a net of barbed wire. I mean, I guess, okay, so this movie was made in 2005. I guess we were really digging on like, fuck you, North Korea, a lot more in 2005 because they they Mm -hmm. settle into that moment of just, like, yeah, they explode a bunch of stuff at the DMZ without even knowing if she's there in the country or not. And then they just, like, savagely murder all of the soldiers in that particular scene. Um, Yep. It seems like the movie's really enjoying that moment. Oh, yeah. That's the... The movie feels like they're just... They're cashing all of their chips. Yeah. That last part. Oh, man. Yeah. um, Dude, a lot of explosions at that part of the movie, though. That's kind of Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, I mean, it's just all of it. Oh, I like the evil doctor. Sorry, that's not part of the the North Korean plot, but I like that there's an evil uh, doctor struggle randomly at the Mm -hmm. end. They They take Josh Lucas... Into he crash lands in Alaska. Crash right. lands in Alaska, and he's inside this like hangar that has like other compartments in it, and he's getting checked out by this doctor who is being very like genial and like good tempered. And then he says, "Oh, you're gonna need an antibiotic shot," and he says, "No, thank you." And he says, "No, you're trust me, no one wants it, but you're always gonna want it." And then he gets real intense. And he says, "I don't want the shot." And then the two of them wrestle, and the guy gets the doctor gets stabbed with his own poison needle and dies. And I just can't imagine a scenario where you get that angry with your doctor right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people are supposed to trust doctors, right? Like, I get that he's not wearing a lab coat, but it seemed a little bit aggressive. 
But here's the thing. Nobody in the military in this movie is dressed like they're for the military except for the four main characters. Yeah, that's the, true. Like, the U.S. Navy's tech guy in the beginning is wearing a T-shirt and sweatpants true. and has long, like, grimy hair. The... The dudes yeah, who he's Josh like a Lucas, computer guy, so he's he, a computer guy, right? Cause it's 2005, and nobody understood what that meant. Yeah. Beyond like, it looks like fucking gr- like grummy Ben Foster, mm-hmm, uh, but like does. sort of skinnyed down. Yeah. Uh, the and then when they're in Alaska and all the guys are coming after uh, Josh Lucas, they're like they're all just dressed in like leather jackets and jeans, and they're yeah. definitely on a military base, like. I just, didn't. I just, I thought I missed a crucial part of the movie because I was like, "Wait, who the fuck are these guys? They're just plain clothes guys, like getting really aggressive." I don't super know. aggro. There, but I mean, there's a bunch of like military jeeps. I and there's like maybe it's just a random civilian place, but then like that means Sam Shepard has random like civilian murderers on speed dial. Yeah, so he just has like private assassins. I guess we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, go try to kill. <laughs> Josh Lucas. Meanwhile, Eddie is developing feelings. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, like they decide at the last minute, like because they they sense that he's becoming sentient, and then that uh, convinces Keith Orbit to not wipe his memory and destroy him because Eddie says Eddie feels sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie feels. Eddie feels sorry. <laughs> So, so I know they're trying really hard to make Eddie a real character in this movie, and sometimes it works, but the thing that I couldn't get past is the number of, like, hero emotional close-ups on this fucking computer <laughs> ball that's not doing anything. It's just a ball. Yeah, and it's just... They'll have reaction it, shots of him. Zooming cl- slightly closer in on this, like... Oval of red light. <laughs> it's, it's just a ball. It's just a metal ball. It's so lame. It's such a lame move. They poured so much money into those shots too. My God, like the budget for this movie was 135 mil. I can oh only gosh. imagine like every time they do that and just zero in on a sphere being a slightly closer up sphere for emotional impact. Like you probably just every single time like 20 grand, 20 grand. 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love it so much. Um, yeah. What, uh, were there any lowlights for you? Uh, we've, we've been covering some lowlights, but I would say most of the dialogue I did. Did you write down any choice dialogue? Because I wrote down some choice dialogue. Let's see. Um, I wrote down, oh, <laughs> a lowlight was... When Josh Lucas is in Jessica Beale's like little room and they're on the aircraft mm-hmm. carrier and mm-hmm. she's got mm-hmm. laundry hanging there and he ducks under it and she goes, "Pardon my C cup." Pardon my C cup. You know the way that women talk about their clothes. You know how women uh, are. <laughs> That's uh, pretty bad. Yeah, it's just written by horny teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> there was the thing right before that where Josh Lucas is talking about his uh, like why he has bad associations with the name Eddie. He says, did I ever tell you about the foster mom I had oh, who weighed 350 ever. pounds? She brought home a chihuahua and named him Eddie. Like, and then, and then Jessica Beale's like, oh, I forget. You have a foster mom for every story. And he's like, well, if I live through it, I might as well get some stories out of it. And she goes, true. And then I'm waiting like, and then, and then it's just, that was, this to that ever was come the story. Back? 
Yeah. Uh, an overweight woman bought a dog once long ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the weight three hundred fifty pounds is just like a throwaway. It's just like it's just let's just make somebody feel bad. That's just uh, rude, honestly. There's uh, there's another mo- so when uh, Josh Lucas so there are a couple things that happen quickly. One is Josh Lucas comes back from the first mission and is like not not happy about Eddie. Yeah. Uh, and talks to like the tech boy in uh, in sweatpants and asks yeah. him to like step into a private conversation and they just step behind a like a, a clear curtain. Oh my god, I know. And I was like, is this like a subtle nod to Top Gun with like the silhouette scene? Are they just like trying to make me happy that maybe their tongues are gonna touch? It's <laughs> 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 such a tease. <laughs> I would be so into the movie taking it in that direction. I would be so into that movie taking my breath away. Come on. So so after that scene, Josh Lucas goes and talks to Sam Shepard. And Sam Shepard, in addition to eating apples, like cigars. And he offers Josh Lucas a cigar and says the following things. Would you like a cigar rolled on the thighs of mulatto women? What's up, 2005? What? When was that ever okay to say? Like nineteen fifty six, maybe. Yes, I guess. In, I don't think you get to say mulatto after like the Civil War. Right. <laughs> what the hell? It's very bad. Uh, and then we have like a series of the Jamie Foxx pickup artist thing of. So he's in Thailand. Uh, he's walking yeah. upstairs. This random Thai woman's walking down the that stairs. He be, he like pivots behind her and says, "I like jets. I fly jets. You like to go fast?" That's a thing that he <laughs> says. And then she dates him despite not knowing, not understanding English at all. He's like monologuing her in a rice patty. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. He says, "You don't understand that. a word I'm saying." She nods. She shakes her head. No. He kisses her. He says, "You do understand something." Can you cook? Can you cook? That's like one of the last things we get before he dies. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so mean. They basically make him like a low-key, like, just, he, he, all he does is wear sunglasses and sexually harass women. And mm-hmm. it's not fair. Right, the trouble is, and then he and then he dies. And, and then he he's dies. Like, he's, like, he's like the distillation of how Hollywood, like, has treated black actors forever. There's a quote about that. He... After the movie was made, and I'm assuming this is after he made, got, got his Oscar, so I'm sure he was feeling a little extra bashful. He's like, I'm not even the lead in it. I'm the guy <laughs> who makes a couple jokes and then I die. It's the classic black role. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it dude. sucks, buddy. I mean, it worked out great for you, like, moments later, but also, <laughs> they killed you in such an embarrassing way. Yeah. Come on. That mountain was just so big, and he had so much So notice. big. He's an elite, he's an elite fighter pilot. He had so much notice. Uh, and then the last line of the fucking movie yeah. is, well, it's like a series of things. So they've been on this prime numbers thing for a long time, and Josh Lucas says to Jessica Biel in this, like, dumb will-they-won't-they they thing that goes on the entire movie, is you and me, were two. Two is a prime number, which makes it lucky. So I think we're very lucky. And then Jessica Biel says... Just tell me you love me, you pussy. And then the movie ends. <laughs> it was written by two 11-year-olds on a playground who didn't have the emotional maturity to understand that girls and boys can be nice to each other. It's just... Uh, it's just a 
garbage, garbage movie, but oh I also God. liked it is the thing. Oh, yeah. I really I mean, enjoyed it. It was so, so silly. This movie was, it was a dumbass movie, but I liked yeah. it. And the com- and like they made the computer dumb too, which was a bold choice. <laughs> they make the drone an idiot who's just like grabbing stuff out of the ether and being like, maybe I explode this now. Fuck you. Maybe I explode <laughs> this now and fuck you too. And then they have entire scenes that are built around like, Go convince the drone to turn around. Convince Eddie to turn around. Like, your military strategy is just to go, like, chase him around in an airplane and say, stop. So like having for... a teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, he's such Don't a teenage boy. Tough. Of the movies that we have watched, this definitely has the highest body count. And I also feel the least bad watching it. Oh, me like, too. Yeah. It's... It's, it's a much more uplifting movie than a lot of movies that have, like, a body count of one or zero that we've watched. Yeah. Uh, everything is expendable. Absolutely everything. Yeah, there's no stakes. Human there's life, no stakes. military coup, like, like uh, assassinations, world wars, crossing into no-fly zones, crossing over DMZs, just doing just about anything you want with explosives, and none of the characters are very likable. And that's all fine, because stuff's going to explode, yeah. and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, a movie, it's just a movie with no stakes that takes place in fucking no-fly zones, Russia, and North Korea is just, how did, it's, a, it's threading a really narrow needle. Oh my god, and these are the most fuel-efficient planes of all time. They are just booking it. With, they are booking it. I love it. Um, yeah, all around, all around definitely enjoyed this one. It was two hours well spent. I felt fine yeah. with it. It's it's long for an action movie, but yeah, I, I yeah. It, I mean, at no I, point was I. I think we've established with the with the very stupid plot that it could have been shaved down quite a bit, but at the same time, like all of the extra. It's not like one of those movies where they occupy all of the like extra hour extra minutes of the movie with just CGI. It's also crazy plot points. So it keeps having mm-hmm. a plot and it keeps getting more and more nuts. So I'm still kind of there for it. Like, it doesn't need to be two hours, but if they had cut it down, there's like at least two countries that wouldn't have exploded. And that's right. that would you'd be miss, too bad. You'd miss out on the dude in Alaska getting shot and then electrocuted. You would yeah. totally. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I. This was a real movie with, like, a real plot and real actors and, and like, a real story arc. And it wasn't good. But, you know, it, 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 got, it got me. It didn't, I liked, it didn't need I liked to be. it a decent amount. I don't even think it thinks it's good. I think it thought it was badass. I bet mm-hmm. I can just imagine <laughs> all of the, like, graphics artists and, like, and the producers and the director. It's just a bunch of guys in a room just going, oh, fuck yeah, badass. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah badass. <laughs> Because that's all the movie is. Yes. Um, if you were to be a if character. You were, oh, yeah. It. Uh, I mean, I think the most comfortable person in this movie was definitely the tech guy in sweatpants. Like, yeah. he's, he's in the U.S. military, but he doesn't have to do anything the U.S. military does. And, like, he gets to have a cool haircut and a little beard. Yeah, he does. And, like, yeah, I, I would say he seems like... I guess he's fired in the beginning of the movie, but whatever. He seems like he's having a good time. He's, I mean, he doesn't die, I don't think. So oh, I think, yeah, he I think probably I'd go with, die. yeah, I think I'd go with nameless tech guy. Let's call him hmm, Blarick. 
What did you say? Bleric. Yes. I, let's see, if I had to pick a character. Oh, oh, easy. I pick Eddie because Eddie gets a second movie. Oh, yeah. Eddie has a secret scene after the credits, and I don't care that Stealth came out uh, 15 years ago. It's about time for Stealth 2 Electric Boogaloo, and I will be here, and I will be sentient, and I will be making best friends with maybe new wingmen or maybe wingmen from the previous movie if they survive this many years and not crashing into mountains. Uh, but I'm going to be emotional, too, and I'm going to be mad. You know what would work for me is a, a stealth to, because we've got the technology now, bring back Jamie Foxx as Eddie, too. Oh, hell yeah. That is right? definitely the way to go. Yes. I mean, win-win, because win, yeah. a funnier Eddie, and then Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx gets his comeuppance, or not his comeuppance, he gets his due. <laughs> he gets his time yeah. in the limelight. And... Jessica's his come downance. Yeah, come downance. Yeah, the opposite of what I just said. Uh, yeah, big fan of that idea. I like it. Well, well, guys. I feel like much like sometimes the characters in the movie, I'm out of gas on this one. I think we've <laughs> yeah we've done it. Um, I gotta go eat a big old bowl of apples. So it's time <laughs> for me to say adieu. Yeah, I gotta go smoke a cigar rolled on the... <laughs> you can't even uh, say it. It's so bad. cannot. Oh, God. My uh, word. Well, until next time, I'll be Henry. I'll continue to be Michelle. An experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Explosion. Explosion.